Welcome to the Punch and Preacher Podcast, where we are spiritual, sophisticated, and savage as... Yeah! This is a family-friendly podcast! Join us every Tuesday as we release new episodes of life, leadership, and living the faith. If you like the podcast and you want to subscribe, do that. Follow the link, like the video. If you want even more to be part of the Punch and Preacher Podcast community, go to punchandpreacherpodcast.com. Find the link, submit your email, and if you don't like the podcast, just let me know, and we'll schedule a meeting right here. Have a good day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Punch and Preacher Podcast, Episode 9. I think this is 9. I didn't look before I did this, and so I'm really hoping this is Episode 9. Again, remember, there's one episode that did not post um, publicly on Spotify and everything. had a little bit of audio issues with that, so I think it went on on YouTube. It was the interview with... uh, Brian Gideon of Gideon Promotions, that one, I did not make it on Spotify, but it is an episode and all the things. So, here we are. Um, you know, I'm still trying to figure out this this podcast journey, and there's a lot of stuff with it that I, um, I'm working through, learning, growing. Uh, it's a process, right? And so, one of the things that I'm trying to do is, I've got a lot of work to build the uh, build it on, on Instagram and, and do the stuff with it, and um, I'm not doing a TikTok or other junk with that. I'm just gonna leave it where it is because I want it to be organic. But um I've been doing these beach chats on Sunday mornings. Um I get up on Sunday mornings because I, I don't go to boxing there, I don't lift weights over the weekends to the best of my ability. I try to let my old body rest a little bit. Um so I'm already down uh, where the beach is here by the house, and so um do the beach chats, but man did I hit a nerve this week. I didn't mean to, uh I promise. But um, had a lot of feedback on this, and I was talking about um, Elisha's unseen army and our problems and God's timing and everything there, right? And um, the, the the feedback that I had was just unreal with this, absolutely unreal. And so I thought, you know, we, we need to spend some time here with this. So I'm going to put motivation aside because a lot of what we do here is faith-based motivation. Um, I want to I wanna hit you with a few thoughts with this. And um, I have not had really much time to prepare uh, and, and to get some things together with this. But um, if you're watching this, you are in one of three categories. All three are okay. Staying in these three categories might not be okay. But where you are now, it's okay. The question is, do you trust God? Yes, no, maybe. Yes, no, maybe. It's Okay. You might be watching this episode thinking, I don't trust God. You might be watching this episode thinking, I I don't believe in God. I get it, right? There's a lot of us who've had some stuff happen. You might be watching this and say, I want to trust God, but it doesn't feel like he's working right now. Like I'm I'm feeling some silence from God. I'm feeling some distance from God, and I don't know what I'm doing. We're going to talk about that. And there's some of us who are like, yeah, I trust God. This makes no sense whatsoever, but uh, I'm going to give God the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to trust in his resume. I'm going to trust in his credentials. I'm going to take God at his word. Um, it's okay. Wherever you are in that spectrum is okay. Staying where you are might be something we want to address. But do you trust God? We have our moments. Now, what this doesn't mean is it doesn't mean like for your whole entire body of work and life that you don't trust God. I don't think any of us really fall there. We might have some moments that are rough. I don't think any of us are working there. But in the moment, in the situation, it's rough. 
So um, I just got done with a couple weeks worth of church camp. And uh, the the camp that I was at, it's called Blue Rock. And it is out, um, it is way out in the sticks behind Geneva and Madison and cities that you don't know exist on the map in Ohio. <laughs> but uh, taught a couple weeks, taught uh, senior high and did uh, some work with the little kids, which, man, are they exhausting. But um, in that process, though, one of the things that we were talking about was we were we were doing a lot of focus this year on, like, how do I hear God talking to me, right? So the last couple of years when I've done this camp, we've taught, like, apologetics, like defending the faith type stuff, answering hard questions. Um, we've talked about faith and depth um, with, with different Bible stuff. We talked about spiritual warfare, which we need to do an episode on that. I don't want to because it's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> Um, but, but we need to do that, but we'll save that one maybe for like October. Um, but this year we wanted to do a thing on like hearing God, like, how do I know this is God leading me to a decision in my life? This is God working with me. Like, how do I know? Right. How do I know this is the thing? So we're going through all these episodes. And obviously if you're, if you're in the Bible and you're talking about like, how do I hear from God? There's a couple parts in the Bible because it's the Bible <laughs> that tells stories about people hearing from God. Um, there are several of them. I mean, you got uh, Adam and Eve who are like walking with him in a garden. Um, and then you've got Noah uh, hearing from God built a boat. You've got Moses in the burning bush. You have several instances. You have one instance with Samuel who hears the gentle whisper of God as a child. You hear all of these, these stories in the Bible about, um, faith and, and people hearing from them, right? And so you and I look back and we hear these stories and it's like, well, Moses heard from God. Noah heard from God. Jonah heard from God. Daniel, he he heard from God. They were in the, the lion's den. Dude, like, you hear these moments, right? Here's what came out of camp. As the teenagers and I started to talk, and as we started to work through some things, here's what we realized. Moses was 120 years old when he died. 120. So he was 40 when he ran away from Egypt. He was 80 at the burning bush, and he lived for another 40 years, and then no wandering and this, and the other. Brother was old, <laughs> Okay. Uh, 120 years, and he had the burning bush. He has his uh, crossing the Red Sea moment, his his like time on Mount Sinai with God when he's getting the Ten Commandments. Like he saw some supernatural stuff from God, but like a couple of instances out of what 120 years, that means that there is almost 120 years worth of silence from God. Right. David is writing the Psalms, and part of the Psalms, when you when you open up the, the, the Psalms, and we think of these things as these great poetic verses, and oh, they're just so sweet, and they're just so wonderful, and they're great on a Hallmark card. But man, when you read the opening Psalms, like the first probably 20 chapters, dude, it's dark. It's dark. I mean, it is dark. The whole thing is like, where's God? Like, I'm suffering right now, where's God? I have a problem right now. Where is God? I have this right. Where is God? Right? This is tough. This is tough stuff. Uh, Jesus, the Son of God, the incarnate Son of God is on the cross crying out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is intense. I mean, you have scenes in the Gospels where Jesus is so stressed out in the world, he needs time away. He's so stressed out, he's sweating drops of blood. The incarnate son of God, Jesus, I'm overwhelmed, right? It's okay. I think 
there are times that we look back at everybody in the Bible and we forget, dude, these are people. These are people like you and me. And one of the things that we forget as we read scripture, because we're so far removed from them, the whole emphasis are most of these people are just ordinary folk. Like Noah's just like doing his thing. He's just in the middle of his job. And here comes God, Noah, build a boat. Like out of nowhere, normal dude. He listens to God, but then like it takes 120 years to build this thing and it's a mess and it's awful and there are people jeering him and getting on him and there's there's more silence from God, right? So Noah is sitting here thinking, all right, God, you told me to build a boat, but like, are, are you gonna help me with this? Or like, is it just gonna be my family? Like, what's up? Where are you? Like you told me what to do, but like, where are you? Where are you? David, the brother killed a giant. I mean, this is like a supernatural act of faith. Kills a giant on a battlefield, takes a sword, goes over and cuts this dude's heads off, holds up over his enemies, taunts them. Dude's done some savage things for the faith. Yet as he writes the Psalms years later, he's questioning, where is God? He's seen God. He's seen him. He's, he's seen this wild stuff, but he's still questioning God. Explain this to me, right? You and I question our faith because we're like thousands of years removed from when scripture would have been written, right? Probably 3,500 years away from when Moses would have began his work and his writing. And we're 2,000 years away from the gospels and everything else there. So like it's easy for us to, to overlook some of this stuff. But like these are people who actively saw God. Like they actively watched miracles of Jesus and then yet still doubt, right? Like here's after the crucifixion and the resurrection and the ascension into heaven and everything here, uh, maybe not the, the ascension, I think I'm back, but after the resurrection, Jesus walks up to Thomas. This brother watched everything. He is looking at Jesus back from the dead and he's still like, nah, man, where's God? <laughs> like, bro, you watched all this supernatural stuff. Where are you? These are people in scripture. They are normal, everyday men and women like you and I, right? They, they are just like us. They have seen God do supernatural things. Moses and the Israelites literally watched as the Red Sea opened up wide enough for about 2 million citizens to walk through. And it's so violent of a wind that is making the ground that was underwater dry that they could walk through. Minutes later, they are doubting God. Minutes, they are doubting God. Like you can see one of the greatest supernatural feats in history happen and within minutes still lose your faith. My cats are fucking. This is great for audio. Um, you know, we're just going to let them go because, uh, well, they're cats and their brains are the size of an almond. <laughs> it's actually true. I Googled that. Um, it's a whole other story. Where is God? Where is God when your relationships are struggling? Where? Where is God when you're broke? Where is God when your health is not good? Where is God when you were being hurt by somebody? Where was God? Fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. About 10 years ago, yeah, a little bit more than that maybe, um, I was teaching college, uh, and I taught for a couple of years, just adjunct stuff. I taught for Ohio Christian University, and I um, I did some like ministry and Bible stuff. But then, honestly, one day they called me and they said, "Hey, um, 
your your credentials you actually have just enough philosophy classes to teach this one class we cannot find a professor for it and it starts like tomorrow can you just wing it and show up down here we'll pay you for your mileage we'll pay you for smiling we'll pay you for food whatever man they didn't pay me for smiling i gave them that one for free <laughs> That was cheesy. Um, no, so like they're they're begging to do it. So I'm overwhelmed because I don't know how I'm going to wink giving a three-hour lecture in a day. But let's try this, right? So I get the curriculum. And class was called Transform Worldview. And it was all about philosophy. But not only philosophy, but like our worldview. Like what shapes the worldview by which we see the world, right? So I have my glasses here. And as I have my glasses, I'm a little blind without them. Things get a little fuzzy. I put my glasses on and they're still fuzzy because I have fingerprints on them, <laughs> but uh, I can see a little bit more clearly, right? I can look a little bit more clearly. I can see something different, right? So a worldview is what factors in your life have contributed to the way we see the world around us. How do I look at politics? How do I look at economics? How do I look at emotional health and integrity? Uh, what is my moral compass and what factors in my life have shaped that? We go on and on with this, right? So what has uniquely made you, you? So this is the source of the class, but it comes with a series of very hard questions. One question is which, how can I trust God? If I grow up in India in the early 1800s, my view of God might be different because it's shaped by where I grow up and on and on and on, it's a ripple effect. One of the questions in this class is the Bible. Can I trust the Bible? This is a whole episode. We'll do it another time. Is what it is. So can I trust the Bible? Well, can you? Can you not? I don't know. I, I do know you can, but well, again, different episode. Um, as I was teaching this, one of the things that we uncovered and we discussed was this, is I need you to understand that when you read the Bible, you are reading Holy Scripture. You are reading something that is authored and penned by God. He's using people, but it is the voice of God. It is a thus saith the Lord literature that is coming off the, the pages. And so you'll see all this like TikToks and YouTube stuff on the lost books of the Bible. They're not lost. We knew they were there the whole time. They just, they don't have any inspired thus saith the Lord prophetic moments, spiritual moments or whatever. Some of them is just weird crap that was copied a couple centuries later. And it sounds really good to get a couple hundred hits off a TikTok video. But in all reality, there's really nothing scandalous with this stuff. Like if you want to go down that road, let's, let's have it out. I've already sparred once today. I'll gladly do it again. <laughs> but anyway, there's, it's not as mysterious and, and whatever as it sounds. Scripture is written in such a way that you would believe in God and have a relationship with him. That's it. Scripture is written in a way that you would believe in God and that you would have a relationship with him. This is not a science book. The Bible talks about science. It is not a science book. The Bible talks about math. It is literally in there. It's not a math book. It is not a textbook. There's a lot of history in the Bible, but it's not written to be a history book. John, one of the disciples, um, when he wraps up his gospel, he concludes his gospel by saying, listen, there was a lot of stuff Jesus did. We just don't have the books to write it down. Like, there was just a ton of stuff that Jesus did. Um, we just we don't have the volume of paper to write this stuff down. Um, he says, I've written this in such a way that you would believe. Like, like it's here, right? It's not manipulative. These men and women over years of watching God do God things, they've recorded stuff so that you would understand this. So when we have moments of doubt, because they exist and it's okay, when you have moments of doubt, here's what happened. Learn from this. When you need wisdom and direction, when you need guidance, the word is a lamp to your feet and a light into your path. So we're going through all this in class. 
And as we're going through this in class, one of the things that we uncover is Scripture, the Bible, is a story. Not only a story, but it's what we would call a meta-narrative. Okay, this is a huge overarching story. Meta, it's a huge word. And it's not an Instagram and Facebook thing or whatever, right? It's not those those things. So it's, it's, it's not. Don't don't associate that. But um, scripture is a meta narrative, which means it's a huge story. It's just a big story. It, it is the story that encompasses life from creation until the end of time. What happens here that you might know God and then how to spend time with him and then what happens, life after death and all the things there, right? This is why we have the Bible. It might not answer questions, right? I am not going to understand how to order takeout by reading the Bible, right? Maybe some dietary suggestions in there along the way, but I'm not going to. Um, scripture is a story. Where am I going with this? Faith is a story. God working in my life is a story. We all have our faith moments. I have so many, so many. Listen, as, as hard as I would ever try uh, or could ever try to say, I don't believe in God. I, I can't say that because I've just, I've seen too much guys. I've, I've seen too many situations uh, that God has intervened to deny it. I, I, these aren't coincidence. Math alone would, would forbid me rejecting God. It can't happen. Have I seen tragic moments too? Yeah, I've seen some real, real bad stuff. But life is a meta narrative. It is a story. Your life is a story. Where am I going with this? You have in life the story of Scripture. You have in your life your own story. You have a God who's walking by you in your story, simultaneously to God walking with you through another person's story who's attached to you, and then another person's story who's attached to them, who's attached to you, and another person's story. There are in this world just a series of stories. Your your faith, as we read scripture, it is a story from cover to cover, and it's a story that is entangled with other stories and are smaller moments within them, right? And then as you're going through this, then there's more stories involved. It is possible that maybe one of the reasons God is not doing something in your life now, so you think, he is behind the scenes. We talked about that with Elisha and, and the unseen army, right? God's always at work. We just might not see it, but he is at work. Could it be that the timing in your story is where it is? Because while God is simultaneously working in your story, you think it's time for your story for whatever it is we want. Because we want instant gratification. It's a whole other thing. Maybe God is not ready to reveal something in your story. Because he's still working in somebody else's story that's going to connect to your story, that's going to connect to someone else's story. So is it a matter of not trusting God, or is it a matter of not trusting God's time? That's hard. I have to trust the timing of God. I have to trust the resume. I have to trust the timing. I know God is able. We know God is able. But we have to trust his resume in his timing. And I'm going to tell you right now, man, sometimes that sucks. It sucks. I don't like it. I don't like waiting on God's time. Who does, right? But listen, if you want to be successful, truly and genuinely successful, you have to have the faith of an oven and not a microwave, right? I have to wait for this to percolate. I have to wait for it to come together. I have to wait for it to be just right. And that's hard. It's so hard. I got some stuff right now I'm working through. We all are. 
guys, it's it's tough. But we have to have the faith of an oven and not a microwave. We cannot expect something to be instant and then get mad at God when it doesn't instantly happen where we want it to happen. All the things are going down. It's not a fan, man. Not a fan. What do you do? What do you do do with it? God's working on your story. But he's working on someone else's story who's attached to your story. And he's worried about the big picture. God is worried about two things in your life. Big picture and the details. Well, well, what about my part? Yeah, good luck with that. (laughs) We've we've talked about Job here before, and I want to reiterate that a little bit. Is Job, Job learned in the process. What is he learning? What is he growing? What is he doing? We talked about David. We talked about Elisha and everything there. I want to go to a psalm, and it's Psalm forty six ten. And in Psalm forty six ten, it says, "Be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the high places, be exalted in the low places. Be still." And know that I am God. David is in between stuff right now. And if we're saying like, hey man, the emphasis in Jewish Hebrew and everything else is in the middle of the book. Yo, we're headed there in, in Psalm 46. Like we're, we're, we're inching our way to the middle here. Be still. But I don't know if I trust God. No, 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 no. Be still. Well, well, if I be still, does that mean I'm going to hear God? Is he going to give me that whisper like he did the prophets? Maybe, maybe not. When we're struggling to trust God, I want you to do this. Trust in his resume. Not right now. We're not worried about timing or everything else. God, God will deal with things on his time. But before we even get to timing, trust in his resume. If we see this powerful verse that says, be still. That does not come with any other instruction. It doesn't say, be still and listen. It doesn't say, be still and complain. It doesn't say, be still and complain. It says, be still. And know that I am God. What is interesting about this verse is that many times in scripture, we see this phraseology of I am, right? So Moses is waiting at the burning bush and he says, well, who am I going to tell these people that, that told me to come back and take you all out of Egypt? God says, tell them I am sent you. Jesus says before Abraham was, I am. This, this passage, the way it reads in Hebrew, literally is going to put off that same authority. So be still. We got that. Sometimes in our inability to trust God, we've got to just be still. And wait, sometimes we got to know that he is God. You are not God. You are not in control. The person beside you is not in control. The person antagonizing you is not in control. The person being your yes man, they're not in control of your life. No one is in control of your life. You aren't. No one is. But God, be still. And what he's asking is that we would know he is God. This is it. 
When I know he is God, I am being driven to the fact that he is not only God, but he is eternal before me. So he has wisdom. Did you know that God was aware of your situation, whatever it is you're struggling with, before creation itself? Before the cross, he knew in this moment you'd struggle. He's already with you in this moment as he was in the past and everywhere else. So I'm not being asked to be still and understand. I'm not being asked to be still and listen. I'm asking to be still and know that he is God. And to know that he is God is to trust in his power, to trust in his wisdom, to trust in his omniscience, his omnipresence, everything. I have to know that he is at work all the time. I might not see the details. I hate that. You hate that. We both do. But his Story, the sovereignty of God is at work in your story, in someone else's story beside you, and the person's story who's around you, wherever it might be. He is at work. We are being told, be still and soak in the knowledge that he is God. Know God. And then he will be exalted. You know why he's saying that? Because this is God's way of saying, listen, I know you don't understand this. Just be still and watch me work. Literally, this is what God is saying. You be still. You you have a problem trusting me? It's all good. You be still, and then you know that I'm God. And you're going to watch me work in ways that you cannot possibly comprehend. Watch the one who deals with the storehouses of snow. Read Job. Who deals with letting the rain loose on the world. Who can shut the mighty animals that are too powerful for us to, to understand and ascertain. You want to watch God? Be still. Know that he is God. And the Bible says, and now will be exalted. You know what that means? At the end of your story, you're going to finally somehow, you're going to have that moment, that aha moment. That's what it was. Ah, that's what it was. And when you have that aha moment, here's what's going to happen. You were still, you've now experienced God moving in your life somewhere, somehow on his own timing, in his own way, his story, everybody around you, their story, those stories will come together. It will gel. I promise. Your moment will come where it will gel. But when it does, you're going to exalt him. I'm still, I know that you're God. Whoo, buddy, did I watch you do some things today. If you're going through it, man, take a moment to just take a moment. Clear your mind. Trust in the resume of God and wait for it. It might not happen when you want it, but I promise he's going to intervene. I promise something's going to happen. Your story, their story, the story is going to come together. And when it does, you're going to understand God's got this. Hope you guys have a great week. See you next week. Welcome to the Punch and Preacher Podcast, where we are spiritual, sophisticated, and savage as... Yeah! This is a family-friendly podcast. Join us every Tuesday as we release new episodes of Life, Leadership, and Living the Faith. If you like the podcast and you want to subscribe, do that. Follow the link. Like the video. If you want even more to be part of the Punch and Preacher Podcast community, go to punchandpreacherpodcast.com. Find the link. Submit your email. And if you don't like the podcast, just let me know. And we'll schedule a meeting right here. Have a good day.